All right, Carrie, but would you pray for us? Father, again, I thank you for this morning, for the opportunity that we have to come together and to worship you. I thank you for the beauty of this day, for the Son, Father, and for your Son, Jesus. And I thank you um, that you are sovereign. I thank you that you are the ancient of days. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that we can trust in you, and you will never fail us. In Jesus' name, amen. Creation 
fix your eyes upon Jesus. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. I pray, God, as we open your word this morning, Father, that we would be attentive to the leading of your Holy Spirit. Especially the areas of our hearts, God, that you bring conviction to. And that we would be drawn into repentance we would be renewed (laughs) 
that we leave this place today encouraged, Father, to advance your kingdom. And that we would be in agreement to pray that our will wouldn't be done, but that yours would. And so, Father, we thank you. Have your way, Lord, among us and within us this day, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, for the, for the justice, yep, don't be misled, for the justice of God cannot be, oh, you will harvest what you plant. All right, so the justice of God cannot be mocked. You will harvest what you plant. You will reap what you sow. It's a year of growth. That is my prayer for us, that we would grow as Christians that we would seek Him above all. That we would know that what we are putting our hands to, what we're putting our mind to, what we're allowing out of our mouth, where we're allowing our feet to take us, is what we're going to harvest back upon us. Either life or death. It's only choices you have. And the choices that you make. <laughs> and I love when the Bible says that He sets before us life or death. And then he tells us, choose life. You can open up at the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis and you can see where it tells us that sin is crouching at your door and its desire is to master you, but you must master it. And in and of ourselves, we can't. Because in the natural sense, when we were born, all of us were born into sin. It was our master. The Bible says, apart from Christ, that our eyes are blinded by the enemy. That we are in complete rebellion towards God. And yet we hear over and over, but God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. Like God understands our condition. And I keep painting this picture for us that it's not God stiff-arming us. Even though that's what we think where we're in that rebellion. And then we blame God, then we accuse God. <laughs> but I keep telling you there's no error found in God. God isn't the problem, man is. Sin's the problem. But Jesus came... Again, not to condemn the world, but to save the world because the world already stands condemned because of its rebellion. But God has made a way, you all, through Jesus, through a life that surrenders to Christ. It's not a forced surrender. No, you willingly surrender because you see your need for him. We're no longer enslaved to the law, to the list. But no, now we're slave to Christ. Because now, as the Bible says, you are to consider yourself dead, but alive in Christ. That you have nailed the old man, the old woman, to his cross. And now you live. You live to know him. You live to, to understand his ways. 
you, you don't settle for the temporalness of this life any longer. You're not clinging to the relationships of this world. You're not clinging to the possessions of this world because they're here today and they're gone tomorrow. But it's Christ who rules and reigns for eternity. And remember, from the beginning of time, even before the earth was formed, God's purpose was to have a people that he will call his own, and in return, they will call him their God. And we're living in crazy times. But it's not times for us to get afraid or scared or overwhelmed or anxious. But there are times as they continue until his return that we as the church need to be aware of the hour in which we are living. It's getting darker. And I keep telling you all, but the good news is the church is still here. There's work for us to do. That God has called us out of darkness and to his marvelous light. That we will live as children of light. That we wouldn't allow the old man or the old woman to still rule and to reign. That we wouldn't live out of brokenness, but that we would truly recognize that we have been made whole. And I keep challenging y'all. Are you living out of your brokenness? Are you living out of his wholeness? I mean, just look at the choices you've made this week. Look at where your mind has gone. Look at where your hands have gone. Look at where your feet has led you. And listen to what has come out of your mouth. What's defining you? And if you see that it's your brokenness, it's your sin that is defining you, don't beat yourself up. Because then then that's that vicious game that the enemy in the flesh entertains us with. You poor, wretched Christian, look how horrible you are. You can't do anything right. And then they make it all about you, me, myself, and I. And then we pull away from God. We pull away from fellowship. That's the last thing you want to do. And I keep encouraging us in this. No, that's when you want to run to God. That's when you want to run to Christian fellowship. That's when you want to repent. You want to be renewed. You want to be encouraged. You want to be edified. You want to be built up. The enemy loves to isolate people, to keep people down, to keep them away from truth, because it's truth that will set you free. Not the lies of the enemy, not the lies that you're telling yourself. No, it's the truth of God's word, of who Christ is and what he has done, and the love that he gives freely to all who would come. I want to challenge us as we hear this verse. You all should begin to to know this verse by now. We're going almost into the third month of the year. Like God's justice will not be mocked. You're going to harvest what you plant. And you want to get up every day, not in and of your own strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if you're sitting here today and you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have been born again of a new nature. And that's what you're growing in. That's what you're learning. That's what you're seeking daily. Because everything out there is coming against that identity. Everything out there is in rebellion to God and his character and his nature. Just listen to how people talk about God. Listen how watered down the Christian life is compared to how God has established it. 
understand that you are, and as we've talked about, it's like I sound like a broken record, I'm sure. Teach us something new. Well, there's really nothing new to teach. It's just truth that we have to hold up. But we are behind enemy lines. And if you're not conditioning your heart and your mind every day with that understanding, you're going to be assaulted. You're going to be dragged down. You're going to be beaten to a pulp. But you can stand in the assurance that you know who your God is and you can go through your day with your head lifted up. You can walk with a purpose and with passion. And you can serve others. Not condemning them, not beating them down, but holding up truth. And we understand this, that truth is not popular. They may hear it as condemnation. They may see you as, oh, so now you're more you're holier than me. However they're going to see you, however they're going to respond is up to them. It's not up to you. You as a Christian are hard to do what Christ has called us to do. Go. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Share the gospel. Teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he gives us this beautiful promise that he is with us until the end of the age. Christ in us, Christ with us. Christ commissions us to go. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. This is where I'm finishing today and then Norma will be coming up. But Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 20. And I want to share the scripture because, again, in order to really apply the scripture that we're meditating on throughout this year, we need to have other scriptures that we can go back to and ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to empower us to live it out. But the Christian life can be lived, you all. If not, then Christ did nothing. Like what we read in Scripture, like this is how we're to be living. It's just not like, oh, that's, that's, that's a nice story, or oh, that was nice for them. No, no, remember, this is the living Word of God. Like it goes deep, it divides, it cuts, it gets in to the soul of an individual. There's a way in which we're to live. And so Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus this understanding of living in the light. So as it was written for that church, it is the living word, it's written for today's church. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, Following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Listen to that. And sometimes we, we can read that verse or we can hear that verse and we say, well, that's probably good for that person or that person, but I'm a mess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how, what this means. That's your first step of growth. It's to recognize you don't know. So then who do you depend on to know? The Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus says, I have to go away so that he will come. 
He's your teacher. He's your comforter. He's your guide. He's the one who brings conviction. He's the one who empowers us to live this new life. Do you depend on him? Because if you're not, the enemy is lying to you. Something, something's wrong with your Christian life. If you're trying to be right, you're always going to fail. But if you rely on the Holy Spirit, he's not going to lead you astray. So each day you get up and you're just transparent before God because he already knows. It's not like you're hiding anything. So you be transparent before God. God, I lack understanding and what it means to imitate you. Show me, Lord. And then you go to your brothers and sisters in Christ that you know that's going to encourage you and edify you and build you up. Like, I'm lacking understanding of what it means of this. Like, help me. You first go to God, and then you go to your brothers and sisters. And you learn how to apply truth to your life so that you're walking it out. He goes on here in verse 3, let, no, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God. I'm sorry, a kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Do you hear what's being taught in Christian churches today? That all of this is okay. Surely God didn't mean this, so it's okay. We're confused about what's pure and what's not. And so we adjust to the culture and then we say, okay, all this is allowed. But that's not the church. Remember from the beginning, even God's people, they were pulled out from the culture. The culture looked at them as they were odd. And they were warned not to let the culture to influence them because they were God's people. But what happened? They began to look out. How bad can that be? And they begin to give themselves over to everything that the culture is. And so it's no different. The enemy, that can't, he, he's not one that creates. He can only do what he has done and has been given the right to do. He perverts, he lies, he twists the truth to influence people to continue to rebel against God. Oh, but when you love God with your whole heart, with your whole being, you seek not to gratify Yourself, you seek now to live to gratify Christ, to please Him. And then listen how he goes on here. He tells us in verse 6, just as he told them, he tells us, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Same problem as it was then, same problem we have now. You have pastors standing up, you have Christians living however they want, and they just keep slapping Jesus on their life, as in somehow they're representing him. And then they say, ah, it's okay, that's okay. But did you hear the second part of that? 
for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in these things these people do. Look at this. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Did you hear that? This truth, this light, the the Holy Spirit who is within you, that's all that He can be produced through you. Listen to that. You would then begin to grow and you begin to produce only what is good and right and true. You say, well, but but I'm not going to fit in. (laughs) You're right. You're not going to fit in this world because this world is not your home. If you want it to be your home, then go get it. (laughs) That's all you got. But you're not going to fit in. You're going to look odd. You're going to look weird. It's okay. Just keep living out truth. Just keep being the light. Keep sharing your faith. Keep trusting and believing. He goes on here, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. That is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And finally, give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is how we're to live. This is what we are to plant. Because that is what we will harvest. Amen? Norma, come share with us. what you already planted in my heart, God, and that I will be faithful to the end, God, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so I, I, I wrote this a couple weeks ago, my time with God, and um, I titled it, uh, put the title, Is He's Worthy? Um, to share the gospel and to made a confession of faith. And um, 
And one of the reasons that I decided to share with all of us is to encourage, encourage, edify, and build the body of Christ here in TFF. And uh, again, I have been presented with the opportunity to travel again overseas this year. Um, I'm not, are you recording, brother? Okay, I'm not going to mention the country, but it's on the other side of the world. Um, great opportunity, two different countries right now that I got willing. I have to choose one of those two. Um, so, the Bible clears in First Peter three fifteen. Always be prepared to give an answer of every to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Um, so we always not only because I'm troubled received, but it always we have to be ready. You know, if I say that I'm a Christian, that means that I say that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. So if I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, so I should know him. You know, if I say that I know my gear, uh, for example, uh, and I say someone after hey, do you know my my gear? And I said, Yeah, uh, tell me something about her. I don't know. So how can I say that I know her if I don't even know the little, the most important thing that she likes, for example, the kind of food that she likes, what kind of movie she likes, all that kind of stuff, if she's my friend, you know? So the same thing with Jesus Christ. If I call him my Lord, which means that he's, I'm his servant, and he's my Lord, he's my master, you know, and and. If I say that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, I mean that I know Him, that I know what He has done for me, and, and and me personally, I know all of you guys know my testimony. Uh, but I'm every time when I think about it, I just even, um, what He has done for me, um, and in that times I'm so thankful for that. Thank you, brother. Um, his word. All right. So, and I something that my brother shared a few minutes ago. We know in the in the Bible, from the beginning to the end, from Genesis to Revelation, even God Himself said to to His people and said to us in Genesis four seven that. Sin is crushing at the door. He decides to master us, but we should master it. Uh, the Bible tells us as well that the God knew us before we were in our mother's womb, and that is in Psalm 138, 13 to 17. Well, 13 to 17 is a long, but I just a brief of what that psalm talks about. Um, Again, God told us that He had prepared beforehand good work for us to do, which is in Ephesians 2.10. That with Him all things are possible. Matthew 19.23. Uh, the Bible tells us as well that He has given us everything that we need to live a godly life. Second Peter 1.3. Um, so how can we accomplish 
this, that he's talking about, that we can do all things through Christ, that we can, um, that he has given us everything that we need to live a godly life, definitely is not going to be in our own strength. We need something, and that something is the Holy Spirit, which is a person. Um, and how can we do this when we are born again in the Spirit? Because in my own flesh, I can't. I, I can't do it. But I know empowered by the Holy Spirit, He will give me the wisdom. He will give me the strength. He will give me the ability to do exactly what He called me to do and ha what He has called us to do. Um, and we can find that to be born again when uh, Jesus was talking with Nicodemus uh, in John 3, 7. Uh, Roman 10, 9 declare, this is Jesus talking. Jesus is Lord. I'm sorry. This is Paul talking. Sorry. Uh, he say, Jesus is Lord. Well, I'm sorry. If you conf How can we do this? If we once you are born again, you 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 are able to do this when you declare with your mouth, when you confess, and believe in your heart the God raising from the dead, and the um, and this is again Roman ten nine, and he said that if you, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, uh, you will be saved, um, which again. Definitely is the best thing that we can do when we made that confession of faith, right? Um, but before I had learned, I continued learning that I remember when we went years ago to LA, I was able to share the gospel. It come, this is something that it comes right now into my head. Um, there was able to share the gospel with a couple of people and at least two of them received Jesus, right? Um, but um, now I look back and I realize sometimes, yeah, you want to tell people about Jesus, you know, but even Jesus himself said, consider the cost. You know, if you want to follow me, you definitely have to consider. It's not to say, oh, I want to receive Jesus, and that's it. It's over. I, I can live however I want. Like, I always, always encourage us and always tell us, it's not however you want to live. It's what Jesus himself said to us. Consider the cost. You know, it's going to cost you everything. You know, and uh, and even he says uh, in Matthew 16, 24, I know, um, if, you desire, if you decide to come after me, let him deny himself, pick up the cross, and follow me. Um, and Carrie, if you don't mind, I want to, I was looking into, you know, we, we read that so many times when they say, when he say, deny yourself, pick up the cross, and follow me. What does that mean? You know, so I decided to go to different commentary, and this is something that, again, I'm here to encourage the body of Christ, to encourage each other, so we could be able to share our faith, what we believe, you know, um, something that I, when I travel overseas, and even here, I remember one time I, I was in Lake Yola, and I saw these five college students, all of them female, and um, they was Muslim. And I was there the whole entire day. And in the morning, they did a prayer, and lunchtime, they did a prayer. They don't care about how many people was walking around, look at them, 
bound down with their mat with their mat on the floor, you know, on the ground and doing whatever they was doing. And I, at the end, I, I was ready to leave the park at the late afternoon, and I decided to engage with them. And I even told her, I'm so encouraged by you guys. I know that your faith is completely different than mine, but you guys don't even care who are looking at you, nothing. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I'm, again, I'm here to encourage us to share our faith, because this is a true faith if we believe it, you know? So, again, I, I was uh, doing my Bible study, and uh, Carrie, if you don't mind reading that page for me, please. Uh, yeah, it's about what Jesus meant when he said, deny yourself, pick up the cross, and follow me. This commentary is from David Guzik. Matthew 16:24. Jesus declares his expectation that his followers would follow him by denying to self. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me said to his disciples if anyone desires to come after me this was a word spoken to the disciples of jesus to those who genuinely wanted to follow come after him let him deny himself take up and take up his cross it was bad enough for the disciples to hear that jesus would suffer be rejected and die on a cross now jesus told them that they must do the same thing deny himself and take up his cross Everybody knew what Jesus meant when he said this. Everyone knew that the cross was an unrelenting instrument of death. The cross had no other purpose. The cross wasn't about religious ceremonies. It wasn't about traditions and spiritual feelings. The cross was a way to execute people. And these 20 centuries after Jesus, we have done a pretty good job in sanitizing and ritualizing the cross. Yet Jesus said something much like this. Walk down death road daily and follow me. Taking up your cross wasn't a journey. It was a one-way trip. There was no return ticketing. It was never a round trip. Cross-bearing does not refer to some irritation in life. Rather, it involves the way of the cross. The picture is of a man already condemned, required to carry his own cross on the way to the place of execution as Jesus was required to. Every Christian must be a Crucian, said Luther, and do somewhat more than those monks that made themselves wooden crosses and carried them on their back continually, making all the world laugh at them. Deny himself and take up his cross. Jesus made deny himself equal with that of take up his cross. The two express the same idea. The cross wasn't about self-promotion or self-affirmation. The person carrying a cross knew they could not save themselves. Denying self is not the same as self-denial. We practice self-denial for a good purpose. We occasionally give up things or activities, but we deny self when we surrender ourselves to Christ and determine to obey his will. Denying self means to live as an other's centered person. Jesus was the only person to do this perfectly, but we are to follow his steps and follow me. This is following Jesus at its simplest. He carried a cross. He walked down death row. So must those who follow him. Human nature wants to indulge self, not deny self. 
Death to self is always terrible. And if we expect it to be pleasant or mild experience, we will often be disillusioned. Death to self is the radical command of the Christian life. To take up your cross meant one thing. You were going to a certain death and your only hope was in resurrection power. Thank you, Karen. Uh, I remember uh, even this morning when we was uh, worshiping God and came to my mind uh, one of the trips that I did oversee. It was an underground church. We were in that basement. And um, I remember seeing those brothers and sisters. Uh, the majority of them, they're from another country. They had to fled their own country because of the persecution. And uh, I had never seen someone worshiping God like those people. Here in the U.S., never. Like those people. And I was so... We were in the basement, and those people was worshiping God, like, on fire. It was just like... And, uh, it's the way that they see things. They definitely deny themselves and pick up the cross and follow Jesus. They know that if they go back to their own country, they will kill them, period. And even where they are right now, if they find out what they're doing, they will kill them as well. So this is exactly what Jesus is talking about. You know, if we decided to follow him, and we decided to truly do exactly what he called us to. It's just like, it's like when you're in death parole, you know, like you say yes, yes to Jesus. Here in America, it's different. We don't have that persecution like it is over there. But I know it's coming. And we know that. But this is what he's talking about. If you want to follow me, this is what it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you your own life. You know, it's just denying this flesh that is screaming at us the thing of this world. You know, it's just like, um, yeah, it's just trying to get every, Sometimes we want everything, you know, and, and uh, my own flesh betray me, my own mind, you know, and, and, and there are moments that I make comments or, or, or I think things or do things that I'm not supposed to do or say things that I'm not supposed to say. But what I love about it is that the Holy Spirit immediately, when we are born again, that's where we have the Holy Spirit. They're going to give you a conviction. It's whatever I do with that. You know, dude, I'm going to repent and immediately turn to Jesus. I'm sorry. You know, forgive me. Please cleanse my heart. Like I've been asking God this week, and please clean my heart. Please. You know, I just don't want to think this way. I don't want to do or say this thing. I just don't. Please, can you help me? And I think that's the beauty about it. You know, I mean, I can dwell in my mistake and be like, poor me. I cannot do this. You know, I, I can't. No, but I, I said, no, I don't want to do that. I want to understand that this is a battlefield every day. And Jesus himself say that, you know, it's, it's just like Paul talked to us about we are soldiers of Christ. You know, even... Paul talks about the armor of God, you know, it's, we are soldiers, so we have to face battle every day, and, and our own flesh is going to betray us, the world, the enemy, 
there are so many things and but sometimes we point it out so much like my always said to us we always say oh it's the enemy the enemy no sometimes the enemy is our own mind you know it's sometimes we do things or we say things that we shouldn't or we whatever it is but again going back to what jesus talked about is you know if you want to follow me consider the cost you know and and again as i'm looking back to when i was sharing the gospel before now if i presented the gospel to someone i always like to tell them before you make that commitment understand that it's going to cost you everything you know and i'm talking about for us here in america the most simple thing is probably cutting tie with all friends or family members that they are going to disagree with you or they are going to say, oh, now you think you're more holy than me or now you think that you are whatever, you know. But at the end of the day, I'd rather people say whatever they want to say about me than say no to God, than deny his, what he has done in my life. Um, so... Um, I love when Jesus said in Luke 9.62, uh, No one who put a hand on the plow and looked back is fit to serve for service for the kingdom of God. And my bro- Every single description that I'm going to be sharing today that I have shared, that I continue sharing, is my brother always talk about it in here. Um, and again, this is a moment that I was reflecting and I was talking with God. And as I every time when I, I had the opportunity to travel overseas, I ask God, please, I don't want to go to a specific country just because I want to go. If you are telling me to go, I want to be obedient, but can you please purify my heart? Can you please help me to understand every scripture scripture that you are giving me? And not only that, because I understand that going to the other side of the world, places where the, the message of Jesus is... It's no receive like here. It's, 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 I don't want to know about Jesus, you know. So, not all of them, but the government. Um, and I know that I have to make, I say, God, I, I want to make sure that if I travel, that I'm, I'm willing to die for you. Because I know if they find out or if I say something or if I do something, I will never forget my last trip, you know, when that person or those people in a specific approach us and they took pictures. I was like, uh, they have a picture of me and the person that I was walking with. And I knew that we were gonna go back again the following day. And the following day, the same person approaches at that point, that's when we determined, well, the guy determined we cannot come back to this place, you know. So it's those kind of things that I had to prepare myself for that, I, that I'm really want, that I'm ready to give it up everything, that I'm willing to die for Christ, that I'm willing to, to suffer for Jesus Christ is his worthy. That's the key. It is worth it for me to travel. It is worth it for me to to put myself in a situation where they can arrest me and never come back home. Or they can kill me and never come back home. But I know where I'm going. That's, that's no doubt. But that I'm really willing to, to, to do that. 
So, and again, Jesus himself said, if you put the hand on the plow, don't look back. You know, so if I'm overseas, if I'm on the other side or whatever, even here, it could happen here as well. I mean, my biggest, um, I guess, fear, I'll put it like that way, is uh, that if something like that happened to me, if I deny him. If I, if I, if, if they ask me that key question, deny him. If you deny him, you will leave. But if you don't, you will die. I'm asking God every day, every day, I asking God, please. I remember the day, and I think because 2007, I will never forget that year, the moment that I deny him three times in less than 15 minutes. And I remember when that person left the room, I hit the, the ground and I asked God, God, forgive me, I deny you three times. They asked me three questions and every day I say no. And all of them I should have said yes. And I know the feeling, but that was nothing compared if you have a weapon in your head or a machete ready to cut your head or whatever the way they want to kill you you know and that's what I'm asking God please prepare my heart for that that I'm that, I, that I'm willing to die for you because you did it for me you know so um, Matthew 16 25 for whoever desire to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it for what profit is for a man he if he gains the whole world and lose his own soul. I just that that's that's a, a it's a beautiful passage, but it's so true. So what is the point for me to gain everything in this earth? What is for, for me to say, if I say no when they ask me that question? For what? For to save my own life? I will lose it. You know. Uh, in Matthew six nine nineteen, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth. And I'm gonna shortcut the scriptures. <laughs> I don't like to read, but store up your treasures in heaven. And I that scripture that I always try to keep it in front of my head. Like, okay, I don't want to just build things for me and this earth because this earth is not my home. So I want to make sure that whatever I do is, and it's not all the time, but that's what I'm asking God to please help me to, that whatever I do is to, because I'm doing it because first and foremost, I'm doing it because of you, because I'm serving you first, and that's what matters. You know, it's not to get praise to myself, but it's because I'm praising him through what, whatever I do. Uh, Matthew 6, uh, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be given to you. Matthew 7, 7, 8, ask, seek, and knock. If you ask, and I'm like paraphrasing this, uh, if you ask, he will answer you. If you seek, you will find, and if you knock, the door will be open. Um if you acknowledge him before men, he will acknowledge you before his father. But if you deny him before men, he will deny you before his father. That's in Matthew 10, 32, 33. 
Jesus declared, if you love your mother, your father, your son and daughter more than me, you are not worthy of me. That's uh, Matthew 10, 37. And a verse that we pretty much have heard all the time and we know probably by heart, John 3, 16, 21. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish will have eternal life and this second part we always uh, quote pretty much that part but I love what continue after that is say God for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever do not believe is then condemned already because they do not believe in the name of God one and only son this is the burden light has come into the world but people love darkness instead of light because their deed were evil everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear or that their deed will be exposed but whoever lives by the truth come into the light so that it may be seen plain plainly that they have done has been done in their side of God. Does that make sense? Okay, that's John three sixteen twenty one. Um that scripture the part where they say the uh and this is the very the light has come into the world and people but people love darkness instead of light. Uh that scripture we use it a lot with Muslim um, because yeah they believe in Jesus but they don't believe that he's the son of God and they don't believe that uh, that he died for us and for our sins and all of that and and we use it um, John 3 I mean, John, John 6 35 Jesus declared that he is the breath of life whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never thirsty. Jesus say that he is the breath of life in John six forty seven. Um in John seven three uh seven thirty seven um he said uh, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me as the scripture has said river of living water will flow from their from within them Jesus uh, when Jesus spoke to the people he said I am the light of the world whoever follow me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life John 8 12 John um, 832 he said if you abide in my word, word. word, thank you. You are my disciple, indeed. And you should, and you should know the truth, and the truth should make you free. Therefore, if the Son have make you make you free, you are free indeed. That's uh, John eight thirty six. Almost done. I don't know it's a lot of scripture, but um, those are scripture again. If he. If he's worthy, if everything that he says in here, that he's the breath of life, that he's the light, that, that, you know, that he's the way and the truth, that if we believe all of that, 
um, like I, I keep saying to me, it's like if he's worthy, you know, is is he's worthy? Should I share the gospel? Should I tell others about Jesus? If he has sent me free from my sin, from my old life, you know, should I tell someone about it? You know, or should I keep it to myself? Oh no, because what about if they think something different or I still acting up sometime with my attitude or with my whatever it is or they send this they're so easily used to entanglement if it can rise up, but it doesn't matter. Even if if they rise up, well I'm still God is still working within me and my heart, you know? So anyway, so um this this is Christian John A fifty eight, uh, where Jesus said, Before Abraham was I am. This is Christian Day it's really powerful uh, for us to share with again with the Muslim people because again they don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God and here I, a lot of time they wanted the, the main question that they ask you show me where in your book say that he say that I that I am the Son of God just like that and of course you are not going to find exactly the way that they want you to showing in the Bible but Jesus right here and this verse he's telling them before Abraham was I am you know and that's really really important uh, for us to and I, I talk about the Muslim people it could be any 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 um, kind of faith whatever they believe but I mentioned that group in a specific because that's the majority of the time that I have been trouble is going to share the gospel with them. It's Jesus, the one they say in John 10, 10, that is the enemy that, that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he came to give us life and life in abundance. Jesus, the one they say that he's a good shepherd. Um, that's in John 10, 14. Jesus say in John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me through um, in me he uh, I'm sorry he who believes in me through he may die he should live and whoever lives in me should never die he said that he's the way the truth and the life that's uh, um, and no one come through the father they said through me John 14 6 and that's um, another scripture that we use a lot I mean it's no Buddha it's no Muhammad it's no any God deity that they believe is Jesus is the only way through the Father. Uh, no other personal, any other, whatever they believe. Um, so we can point it out and know here is a scripture where he declared that he's the only way to the Father. Um, And he declared as well that I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine, uh, vine dresser, a uh, vine dresser, abide in me. That's uh, John fifteen one five. Um, Jesus said as well that no greater love than this, and a man lay down his life for his friend. John fifteen thirteen. Again, that scripture is one of the scriptures that I use a lot when I meditate, when I'm overseas, when I'm preparing myself to go. Um, 
that I say, God, you lay down your life for me. You know, please help me to understand that if I go, uh, that I'm willing to lay down my life as well. That it's not about the pain that I'm going to receive at that moment, but that you are worthy for me to lay down my life. You know, because you did it. You are my sample. Um, I love this. I love all of them. But anyway, John 15, uh, 16, 17, he said, You did not choose me, but I cho chose you. And upon appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. But whatever you ask the Father in my name, not my name, his name, he may give you. This thing I command, command you. That you love one another. Uh, and I, 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 that scripture I've been asking God, please help me to love people, even if I disagree with people. You know, it's hard to love. I mean, it's easy to love someone that you agree all the time, that you're having a good time, right? But when you disagree with someone, it could, even in the, in the fellowship, and I think that's one thing that I, God continues showing me, you know, like love even when you disagree with someone. You know, if you, because He first loved us, you know, and uh, I think that's a, I've been asking when God, God forgive me when, when I make comments or when I, uh, I know that that's not from you. So that's what I've been asking God to renew that part in, within my heart, you know, because it's easy to love someone that agree with you. And because it's something that He commanded us to do, to love one another. Uh, this is uh, John 15, 18, 27. If the world hates you, keep in mind that He hate me first. A servant is no greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. They hate me without reason. And it's a long scripture, but I'm giving you the uh, the, the the part that I that I keep reminding myself. If they hate Jesus, which is the Son of God, God Himself and flesh came to this earth. And if I say that I'm His followers, that I'm His people, um, I know they will hate me. Uh, and they will persecute me for my faith in Him. Um, <coughs> Jesus said that, but the Spirit of truth come, and He will guide you into, into all the truth. So I don't have to relate on myself when I'm sharing the gospel with someone, when I'm telling someone about Jesus, because I know He will guide me. I know that He will give me the right things to say, um, and that is in John 16, 13, 15. Um, John 16.33 he says uh, that I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this wor world you will have trouble but take heart I have overcome the world um, 
John's uh, 20, 29. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We have never seen God. We have never seen Jesus, but we believe in him. Um, and I would like to end with Jesus' last word before he ascended to heaven. It's a scripture that uh, we all pretty much know. And my brother shared a lot of that scripture here. And even this morning, he did as well. Which is Matthew 28, 18, 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore. And be disciples of all nations. And baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And I will be with you always. Until the end. I mean, I love this. I love all this scripture of the Bible. All of it. But that one is just not. Uh, something that grabs something in my heart just like to go and tell someone and it's you know I have been given the opportunity that to go and oversee and share with others but it's even here and then in our own place workplace, uh, stranger people, whoever, to tell about Jesus. <sighs> Philippians 3, 7, 14. And this is Paul talking. But whatever were gained to me, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything lost because of, of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider it garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Not having a righteousness on my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His suffering, becoming like Him in His death. And so, somehow, Attaining to the resurrection from the dead, know that I have already obtained all of this, or I have already arrived to my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which is Christ Jesus, hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, moving straight toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize 
for which God has called me. And I, uh, I just love Paul so much too, because Holy was crazy before he came to Christ, and how God, how Jesus revealed Himself to him, it was amazing, and uh. When I look back to my own life and how crazy I used to be, I'm just like, God, you are so awesome. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it's written, I will also destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of, or the intelligence will. I will frustrate. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. But God has chosen the foolish thing of the world to shame the wise. God, God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the strong. But God, I mean, God chose the lowly things of the world and this pie these pies things and the things they are not to nofully the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it read, written, let us let no one who boasts boast in the Lord. For I, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you as a Christ, Jesus Christ, and Him crucified. I came to you and witnessed with great fear and trembling. My message. And my preaching, we are not with wise and pursued words, but with demonstration of the spiritual power, so that your faith may not rest in human wisdom, but in God's power. And uh, one thing that uh, encouraged me so much is this verse that is coming right now. No eyes have seen, no ears heard. No human mind has conceived the thing God has prepared for those who love Him. Just when I think about God and when I think about if He's worthy, I know He is. And the question for all of us today, is he's worthy? Is he worthy? Is he worthy for you guys to share the gospel with others? It is is he worthy for us to sacrifice everything for the gospel, to share with others, to to be bold and courageous, to go the extra mile? Is it worthy for me to go over and see to share with others? Yes, he's worthy. 
Jesus himself commanded us to go to the world and tell others about him. Workplace, family, members, friends, strangers in the street. Tell someone about Jesus, what he has done in your life. Study the scripture, memorize the scripture. Be ready to defend your faith, your true faith, the true God, the only God. Do you think that at the end of your life you will hurt like Paul hurt? Or what Paul says, I have fought, fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept my faith. And again, this is uh, as I'm preparing myself for this upcoming trip. It's my, my desire to encourage us to build each other up to um, for us to I don't I mean not everybody is I mean we all can share our faith we we don't have to be pastors or not it's not only my brother the one had to do it we all Jesus himself called us that we are his ambassador we are his people uh, his chosen generation so if we claim if we say that we are his followers that what we should share with others tell someone what he has done in, in your life and uh, I have uh, I prepared this and we're going to have this one pretty soon and the business card is not going to be like this one but it's going to be business card with the whole message well not the whole message <laughs> but it's just how you can share your faith with people uh, and uh I even I prepare one of these and I have it in my I always like to have things in my pocket if I don't have something I just whatever anyway um, even this I shared with my brother the other day I have one with me and I have it in my wallet one of them and um, as I was talking you know that sometimes we say but how I'm gonna share with how God we're gonna initiate how I'm gonna be able to initiate that conversation Listen to what people say. Listen to what people are talking. You know, and this past week, just to encourage us, I, I was in, so, in the store, and I heard this guy say, oh, tomorrow's my birthday. And I said, oh, this is a great opportunity to share with him. So we know each other for a little bit, because I saw him multiple times, whatever. And um, so he said, he said, it was a Thursday. He said, and I say, what are you going to do tomorrow for your birthday? Well, I'm going to be working, but after that, <laughs> he said in a joking way, he said, I'm going to drink and I'm going to smoke until the end. I said, oh, okay. He said, oh, no, I'm just kidding. I know you're kidding. So I said, guess what? I'm going to give you the best gift that someone can give. He said, really? What is it? So I pulled my, my wallet and I said, here. I said, what is it? And I say, well, the, the only gift that I can give you, and it's the best gift that I can give you. And he's from Puerto Rico, so we are talking in Spanish, right? And um, so he started reading it, and he's like, and his whole arm, like goosebump. He said, oh, my goodness, this is the message of salvation. I say, yes, it is. So we start talking, and next thing you know, he used to be a believer. He used to follow God, and but now he's just you know, went in the wrong path, and we start talking, we we went deeper, you see what I'm saying, because I listened to what he said, tomorrow is my birthday, so that gave me the opportunity for me to share, 
And uh, it probably, you know, I would encourage you guys, this is scripture that are so short, to memorize them. Because it's a way for, for us to tell others. If you don't know, if it's hard for you to memorize, have it in your pocket or song in your wallet so you can give it to someone and share with someone about Jesus. But they are basic, some of them, there. I just discussed it, really, uh, like I say, I like to tell people when I share now, it's just like, you know, consider the cost if you want to follow him, because it's going to cost you everything, you know, and, and I have those inscriptions here, and how to lead someone to Christ, so they are pretty awesome, pretty soon I'm going to be, they, I, they're going to be surprised, they are made in those for me like a thousand so I'm going to have for you guys to have I'm going to give you some and if you need more just let me know but please one thing I mentioned to my brother uh, uh, having those to be uh, be ready for us now that we are approaching um, the Holy Week so it's a good tools for us to share with people to invite people to come and to church uh, but if you're going to keep it in your drawer and not use them don't take them because believe me, I will use them. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna be able to take it overseas because I can't. But but I can use it in here. And to close, um, as idol sharpen iron, that's exactly what I trying to do to encourage each other. Um, so men sharpen their countenance of their friend. And my last scripture: Be strong and courageous. Do not fear. Nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 31 6. Yeah, thanks. And I love when, uh, when I was reading, uh, I love Joshua, which you're going to start pretty soon. Um, the book of Joshua, all of the whole Bible, but anyway, the book of Joshua, um, when he said to Joshua, to Joshua, um, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God with your the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua one night. And I was reading the first book of Joshua, and it, you know when the Bible mentioned repeat something like two or three times, it's because God trying to get your attention. And three times, and that. Um, Joshua uh, 1 he told Joshua three times do not be afraid do not be afraid be strong and courageous and I think that's exactly what we have to be God is telling us that be strong and courageous share with all it tells all that about what he has done in your life and uh, and go forward and, and, and tell people about Jesus because we have our brothers and sisters on the other side of the world and I have been so encouraged about the 40-day journey that I'm doing about the persecuted church. Um, how many brothers and sisters right now are dying for the name of Jesus Christ just because they are saying, I am, I am, I am a believer of Jesus. Uh, and because they, they really, they rather die than, than um, they, they deny, they, to deny Jesus. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys are encouraged. As I am, and um, uh, just tell someone about Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Norma. I'm going to have you come back in a couple of minutes and close this in prayer. Okay. But I want to encourage us um, 
as she has, to, to live your life out, your faith. You know, one thing I've been reflecting on and, and praying on since she told me she wanted to share is, um, and, I, and I've shared this multiple times before, but um, to know where Norma came from, the darkness, as we all are, as we all have, but just knowing the, the struggle of walking with her and ministering to her for years until there was a day of true freedom that came to her. And I remember telling her through all those dark years that love will win. Look, right before us, love's winning. And she goes overseas (laughs) to the darkest of areas and tells of the love of God. Like, only God can do that, you all. No one can make that up. A living God who knows each of us intimately. Like, he's formed us. He's fashioned us. He's purposed us. Not for the things of this world, but for him and for his kingdom. Like, no one can make that up. Like, he's a living God. And everything in his word is true. And I even reflect, and you can reflect on your own testimony. But I can reflect on mine and and remember battling with God. Like, I don't want to lay down my life. I liked who I was. I liked what I had. And I fought. Not to give it up. I tried to make it fit. (laughs) That who I was and everything I liked, God was fine with. But God kept pursuing, as he does with each of us. Whatever your sin is, whatever's mastering you before Christ, like it it is going to hold you until you surrender completely. That a day would come that you would not any longer find satisfaction in the things of this world. But that a loving God has pursued you. And that's a scripture I've always encouraged you with is that, you know, even Paul says that God is pleased to reveal himself to us through his son Jesus. Like man can't teach you this. Yes, you come to church and yes, you hear the word of God. But it's God who opens your eyes. It is God who draws you to himself. And when you get a glimpse of who he is, you can't help but, oh God. And that's why I've always been like shell-shocked, if you would, when I would go to churches. And I would see that the God who freed me, the God that I came to know, was not the God who was being preached. Like everyone was okay to keep living however they want and do whatever they want and be entangled with whatever they want to be entangled with and then make excuses why they're there as if, like I've always said, he's still on the cross or he's in the grave. But when you have the reality that he's resurrected, that he is risen indeed, that he is God, 
and he is on the throne? Like, yeah. And I told you all, the day when I was in that condo and I threw the Bible open and I said, God, just show me. In Romans 6, but then shall you say, shall you continue to sin so that grace may abound? Certainly not. Don't you know that if you died with him, you've been raised up with him into a new life? And that's just what kept coming to me, the new life, the new life. That's what I want. That is my hope for us. That is my hope for the church because as I've been telling you, my concern for the Western church is we're not ready for the times that are coming. And it's not to make people afraid. It's not to be like, oh, you know. No, I'm concerned that we're not ready for what's to come. Like if bills that are set to pass are passed in certain states and then it goes to the nation, Norma and I would be locked up just for our testimony alone, just for telling people what Jesus has done in our life. Like we would be fined, we would be locked up. And then just for your testimony alone, you just sharing the truth about Jesus can cause issues in your schools, in your workplace. And you say, oh, but that's far-fetched. Look what's happening around the world and even within our own nation. That's why I can't stand up here and just play church with you all or just pat you on your back and give you a little and then send you on your way. No, like I'm responsible for each of you that come here to make sure that you hear truth, that you're well equipped to be able to stand in the days that are to come. If we're believing in what the Bible says, then we know that the times are upon us. And we're approaching them each year, each day, each moment, each second. Jesus is returning. And that's the good news, you all. See, we don't have to be afraid of death. We don't have to be afraid and fear of man. Because when you come to the place of accepting Christ, you've already died. You already died. And you look up. And you're looking up because your redemption is drawing nearer. I heard this man, and I'll end with this. John Maxwell, he's a, he's a man who, who has leadership courses and he teaches about leadership. But he's a man of faith as well. Um, he had a heart attack. I didn't know this about him, but a few years ago, well, actually about 10 years ago, he, had, he was rushed to the ER and he was, he was in the process of having a massive heart attack. And they couldn't stop it. And so they told him, like, bring your kids in, bring your family in, like, say your goodbyes. And he was kissing them, he was saying goodbye, they were all, you know. <clears throat> and he, as he was sharing, he was saying, in that moment, I was okay. Because it was no longer a belief. It was, my, it was the knowledge that I knew that my faith was real, that I knew God was real. He said, if it would have just been a belief, there would have been so much doubt. So the question as we end today is, 
It just can't be a belief. It just can't be like, oh, okay, yeah, I believe. It's when it becomes knowledge that it's real. Because then you're able to confess it by the way you live and what you hold to be true and what you would share and give yourself to so that others would know that he's God and that he's good and that he is worthy. Amen? I'm going to close this with this last song and then Norma come back up and close us in prayer. Jesus, I'm a son, all forever.
is here.